Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome y'all to Money Talks with Say G and Dexter. Uh, I'm excited. It's the first day we are launching. Waiting on my partner to check in. He's coming in right now. Um, we're really excited to do this. Say uh, Hello? Yes, Ed. Yes, Ed. This is Dexter. Hey, how you doing, Dexter, man? Uh, welcoming everybody to Money Talks with Said G and Dexter. Uh, first day we launching. I am Said G of Said G Equity Investments. Uh, this is Dexter, everybody. I'm reporting to you live from the Siege offices here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to episode one, and you could have been anywhere in the world today, but you chose to spend your Sunday afternoon with us, and we really appreciate that. Uh, I, myself, am the proud president and owner of Spencer Enterprise and Investors Group, and we're, once again, we're thankful that you tuned in today, and hopefully you'll get some great information and apply it to your portfolio. And I'm super excited to be here. We worked really hard over the past few weeks to get this thing organized uh worked out a lot of the kinks and uh getting this show together and, and of course we want to come across clear and we're here we're, we're all here to make money um like i said before this is money talks with said g and dexter we will be here every sunday 5 p.m central standing time 6 p.m eastern standard time 3 p.m pacific standing time and 4 p.m. Mountain Standing Time. And one of the things people keep asking is, um, how do you get started in investing? How do you get started in, in, um, in the stock market? But right now, our topic is, uh, it deserves immediate attention right now. So we're going to talk about later on uh, how you get started in the, in the stock market. But Dexter, uh, precautionary measures we need for Q3 and Q4, that needs immediate attention. Absolutely. And people should be very aware. And I want to reiterate this. I, I did this on all of my social media posts. And I want to reiterate the fact that uh, this pandemic has presented an opportunity that we haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, we had a flu season in 1918, and that was our last pandemic. So that was the last time that we've seen anything that was remotely close to what we're experiencing. And what we're experiencing right now is a, it's what referred to as a vicissitude. And a vicissitude is a crisis that everyone is forced to bear. It's not me and yourself or our families. It's what everybody is forced to endure at this current time. Uh, this is a very unique opportunity because nothing sparks the market or influences the market more than uncertainty. And there's nothing more uncertain than these precautionary measures that we're about to run down. And quarter three and quarter four will close out the year. Uh, and this is going to get interesting. Yes, it is. And I want to thank Lady for joining us. And don't forget, everyone, to subscribe to this page. That way you will get notifications when we do this every Sunday. And Dexter is right. And we've actually been posting these, these things on social media over the past couple of weeks. And it's been discussed throughout the uh, the industry, uh, what to expect, the under volatility is coming. Like Dexter said, it, all this stuff, it, it's kind of strange how this, this market is operating right now. Um, Dexter, let's talk a little bit about some of the precautionary uh, measures we should take in the stock market right now because we really need to pay attention to this right now. 
Okay, well, let's start. Let's just get to the gist of it. Uh, again, the only thing that can affect the market in a negative light uh, that we're projecting to see is uncertainty in the market. So let's get to the facts because we don't do speculation right. here. Uh, what we do is value investing. So uh, forex trading and things of that nature. No disrespect to people that actually do that. Uh, but the method that we're studying is long term. And you want to buy in, in the basic concept of buying, uh, investing in the stock market is you buy low and you sell high. So with that said, we're going to get to the concerns uh, per Dr. Fossey. And those that are not familiar with it, he is one of the top ranking officials, medical officials here in the United States of America. Uh, he's had some conflicting uh, opinions, uh, I should say, with our current president that's uh, sitting in office right now. Uh, without you know, taking the political views out of it, um, our current president has chosen uh, to be at odds with someone who studied the medical field for the better part of 45 to 50 years. And when you think about that, that's as about as illogical as it comes, seeing that he has no medical experience whatsoever. I mean, uh, let's just be honest. Again, this isn't speculating. He doesn't have any presidential uh, requ uh, requirements or, or you know, qualifications for that matter either. So what gives him the right to do it? So let's get them, let's get to the gist of it. Dr. Fossey's main concern is we're entering the fall season. Now, everybody knows that during the fall, we traditionally deal with flu, pneumonia, cold. This is the normal season for it. But his main concern is all of this being going on simultaneously with what we are experiencing right now with the coronavirus. So you're literally going to get people, unfortunately, who are in a public gathering, even though we're experiencing uh, people who are, in fact, abiding by, you know, strict guidelines delegated by Dr. Fossey. Uh, but you're going to literally have somebody cold, cough or sneeze, and, you know, you're going to get that look like, oh, does he have it? Or, you know, and it could be a basic cold. But we're dealing with hospitals that are already over flooded. We have to look at the fact that we have no vaccine uh, that's been medically approved right now, FDA approved, and that's going to spark the market like you wouldn't believe. So again, the concept of investing is buying low and selling high. So what we're anxiously anticipating on this end is the volatility of the market to spark downward. Okay? That's, that's fact number one. Uh, said, do you want to you want to kind of give uh, your take uh, on yes, that? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you. Um, yes, um, like Dexter said earlier, the, the mixture that's in the market right now is actually a strange mixture. Uh, the pandemic is definitely a major factor in that. And then you have unemployment and then you have some businesses closing. But the Fed federal has stimulated the market and that's what the market really has to do to be stimulated when things come to a halt like it did with the pandemic. And if you go back and look at the indices from any company across the board, you will see there's a sharp dip right when they close everything down. So, and the strange thing about it, it's still been money pumping into the market. That's the strange thing. All these, there's plenty of variables that can make a market dip, but this has been discussed all across the industry that things will balance out and things will dip. And, and we're going to get we're going to have an episode where we have to talk about temperament 
And I can say with Dexter and how me and Dexter have been going back and forth all week long, we our temperament has been super calm, super calm. So Dexter, um, I have to salute you, and uh, we we pat each other on the back for the, the temperament because this is expected in the market because of the bad mixture, pandemic, unemployment, business closing. And it was another story, Dexter. Uh, I want to know, did you catch this story where Donald Trump, I think it was about Pfizer, where Donald Trump, and Dexter is correct, the, the actions of the president can affect the market. That is no doubt about that. When Donald Trump came out, he leaked some information about Pfizer, and everybody in the industry was, was screaming, foul play. How did you know this information? You understand? I hope you guys understand understand the factors that the president can affect the market. Can and will, and we we've seen him affect the market like no other president that we ever seen in United States history. Uh, you know, you can you can even follow up and piggyback off of what he did with yeah. Pfizer, and we can look at the Kodak scenario, for instance, just a few months ago. Everybody knows that Kodak is known for being in the film industry. They developed the first digital yes. film. Uh, they're accredited mm -hmm. with that. Uh, Mr. Trump decided to give grant, I'm sorry, not give, he took federal government money and granted uh, Kodak $750 million. Yes. And what he stated was they're undergoing a, a, a paradigm shift. They're no longer a digital film company. And in fact, what we're going to do is we're going to hire these guys to develop biopharmaceuticals. Now, you and I both know that a digital film company all of a sudden having a paradigm shift to a what is referred to as a biopharmaceutical company, uh, that looks a little fishy. So what I did initially is when I seen that fact, I went and I looked up the information on Kodak. What you find out is Kodak is actually headquartered in Rochester, New York. What do we know about our current sitting president? He is a native of New York, New York. So in a sense, say it, not getting speculative. Again, we want to look at the facts here. This wouldn't be any different from me being the president of the United States and you being the CEO over at Kodak. It's really simple. I make a call. Hey, we're going to make this play. Uh, we watched that stock literally open up the market. Well, let's get back to Monday. Prior to it actually uh, receiving that high volatility that it ended up getting. Uh, on Monday, after the close of the market, again, he makes a lot of speeches in regards mm -hmm. to the market, like no other president in US, U.S. history. This guy took time out of his address to the nation to advise the world that this paradigm shift for uh, Kodak was actually about to take place. The after iron trading numbers reflected Mr. Trump's statement by spiking up just a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, 4 a.m. because you know Facebook uh, said you'll hear me refer to him as Facebook. We prior we have some history where we actually had a, uh, a online radio station. So you guys have we actually come from hip hop. You know that that's known. So uh, anyway, we I get up pretty early in the morning. You know due to my history as a record exec and still my uh, current positioning as a record exec as well. I get up at 4 a.m. and I'm looking at this thing shoot through yes. the roof. And at the present time of the market opening at 9.30 a.m., we seen Kodak at $12 a share. Okay, well, that's pretty good. But what got even better is by around 3 o'clock, and I'm talking about Eastern time for all my people who are listening in on the West Coast or, you know, you're in Phoenix, Arizona, wherever you are. 
uh, I'm referring to Eastern time, but about the close of the market at four o'clock, uh, well, about three o'clock, approximately, we seen this thing spike to $60 yes. Yes. a share. And what we seen immediately after it hit $60 a share is we seen a downward spiral instantly as if it was a massive yeah. sell-off. Now, I'm not speculating at any point. Am I being speculative? We're talking about the behavior of the stock on this particular day. So once it that went into its downward spiral, we watched this thing drop like really, really, really yes. fast. And I looked at that and I'm like, hmm, now if that don't look suspicious, I don't know what does. Uh, and this thing literally by the end of the day, the close of the market was back down to $20. So the only time that you would see a stock fall this fast, this soon, is when you have a majority shareholder in the company that sells stock off instantly. So again, I'm not speculating that Mr. Trump did this or the CEO at Kodak, who ended up with a huge bonus, by the way, because of this. Uh, but I'm not speculating that they were the mass shareholders, but whoever it was, they sold off instantly, and that caused this immediate downward spiral. Uh, I want to quote it because we're hip hop guys, we come from that hip hop. The late great, the late great Nipsey Hussle once said, uh, "It's always an inside job if it looks fishy." Now, Faith uh, said, "I don't know about you, but that definitely looks like an inside job." It definitely did, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because. Uh, we do have what we call the loop. Uh, it's when me and Dex get on the phone and we share information. And we want to get you guys to, um, where you guys can get to that point as well. So we will have websites coming. We will have things where you can subscribe to. And matter of fact, I want to thank everyone for joining us right here on Money Talks. Uh, make sure you all subscribe to this page. Uh, click the like button and share it with a friend. Uh, but we do have websites coming. We will have classes coming because we feel like we make money. You guys can make money along with us. And uh, it's one of those things with Dex. Um, Dex pretty much be up on pre-market. And he called me early that morning. He said, watch Kodak. Kodak. So we did. We watched Kodak like that entire day, all the way until after hours, until the very next morning. We were still watching Kodak. We seen it. And Dex said, watch, watch Kodak. Hey, <laughs> so Cedric, Cedric, let me let me tell the people, man. Yeah. Listen, just know that we went to the bank the same time that Mr. Trump went to the bank. I was at Navy Federal at the same time that Mr. Yes, Trump sir. was at Navy, wherever bank he chooses to do his business at. I was at Navy Federal at the same time making my deposit. Thank you, Mr. Trump. I appreciate you. You know, even though it looks fishy, even though it yes. looks fishy. You know, we got to be able to have access to this kind of information so that we're able to benefit. We cannot afford to no longer be ignorant right. to the market. Uh, I think there's a facade that is painted that the, the stock market is extremely risky. Now, that may be true, but it's only risky if you don't know what to purchase and when to purchase. Exactly. If you do your research or if you have or you are what they refer to as a defensive investor, which means you seek advice from a professional. Like, such as myself right. and Cedric, or you could be an enterprising investor such as me and Cedric are, and we're able to actually advise people on what's going on in the market because we take time out of our schedule. We look through annual reports of these major companies and even the smaller guys, but we take time out to do that. We break down the numbers. We're looking at specific uh, indicators that may look a little funny. Uh, we also uh, look at the history of uh, performance and behavior of the stock. We also consider the future growth. 
Now, I want to get into future growth and let people understand that the fact that future growth are not, these are not actual numbers. This is a guesstimate. And because it's a guesstimate, you can only take that so far. Uh, what we've done is we've studied, you know, under uh, Warren Buffett, you know, somewhere right now, Cedric, there's a kid out there in this uh, country, this great country of ours, and he's watching basketball right now. He's watching LeBron do his thing against the Clippers. And he's being inspired. Why? Because LeBron James is the best basketball planet, a player on the planet. And everyone knows that. Okay? So I took this approach with Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is the most successful investor in American history. So I have my Michael Jordan, so to speak. So I take that same approach. I study the same thing he studies. And what I found out is this guy is reading eight hours a day. Can you believe that, Cedric? Eight hours a day. Literally. 90 years old. Uh, I watched a documentary. A very, yeah, yeah. He's old. It's super old now. No disrespect to the, to, to the Oracle of Omaha, as he's referred to often. Uh, but he's reading eight hours a day. And I watched an interesting documentary on him, too, Cedric. Uh, they said that his kid, and this is his child speaking, they said, we know we had a normal childhood. You know, we understood that our father loved us very much. But what we did, uh, what we did also understand and take into consideration that anytime we were to call him downstairs, again, we knew he loved us. But when we wanted to explain something or we wanted to show him a magic trick or just talk to our dad like a normal kid would, we know that we was on a very strict time limit with him because he's entertaining his genius idea in his head. And he can't wait to get back upstairs to get to it. So it's not like they were, he was neglecting his children. It's just that he was on a whole nother tunnel vision focused mission. And because of that, he was able to turn over a huge profit on what we call ROI. And that's a return on your investment. Okay. And your return on your investment uh, is your initial capital and what you projected to be. Now, this can also be referred to in the stock market as what we call an intrinsic value. An intrinsic value is basically you're taking this stock, you're analyzing it, you're looking through the financials, you're looking through the leadership. If you're satisfied and it meets all of these filters that you've had and it meets all of those filter requirements, then you purchase the stock. But you have to know how to do that intrinsic value. And that's not something for a defensive investor. Uh, again, the defensive investor seeks advice from guys like us. So that's not something that you want to be wrong about because as he would say, it's better to be approximately correct than completely wrong. And this is the way you don't want to be wrong at people. So you definitely want to tune into this show. We got more great stuff coming. And this is for the people. We want to reiterate. This is for the people. This is the thing. Uh, this is what we're doing on our behalf to empower you guys. So back to you, uh, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and we do. Uh, we work closely together. Uh, I can say that the picks that we've had over the past couple of weeks have been winners. Uh, just say um, – just out of 10, seven of them was definitely hits, you know, and this information we share uh, with each other. And of course, we want to get you guys where you can we, you can get the same information that we get. Now, we have more people on the team, so we got a whole bunch of eyes on the market 24 hours. As soon as pre-market open, we, we, we are up on that. And um, one thing I looked at when we got through um, talking yesterday, Dexter, uh, I actually looked at the Dow Jones indices so far for the year. It's actually up 43%. And at their peak, they were trading $4 billion in volume, even though it's expected for the market to balance off and take a dip. 
that's a that's a lot of people. That saying. is a lot of people. You said four yes, billion. Yes, and my portfolio is is on the plus side, even though I got a, a few things that's negative, but it's not affecting my portfolio. And uh, is money still pumping in the market, Dexter? Oh yeah, it is. And and you know we got a lot of uh, factors when we think about that that money being pumped into the market. Uh, for instance, I went into Manix Mall, you know, reported live from Buckhead. I'm based here in Atlanta, Georgia. So I uh, said I go into Manix Mall, the infamous Lennox Mall that everybody wants to visit when they go to Atlanta, where this is a great place to do what they refer to as boots on the ground yes, research. Sir. And boots on the ground research is saying, look, I'm not, I'm not going off the word of this company because companies are known to mislead. Let's just yes, be honest. Sir. You know, there was a CEO somewhere over there in England. I forget about that company's name right now. I can't think of their name right off the top. But they officially went into this guy's house and arrested him because he falsified documents that, I mean, he was just blatantly in the wrong. There's no need to elaborate on that. But I go into Lenox Mall. There's a shoe department in Macy's. You know, Macy's sells many things. And by the way, they're one of the brick and mortar stores that's on the brink of extinction because of this thing. Uh, and we'll get into that in one of our other uh, future episodes uh, about the, uh, you know, the brink of extinction with uh, the brick and mortar store. And brick and mortar is just a fancy way of saying the actual physical store that you can go to as opposed to e-commerce where you can go online with retailers like Amazon and these guys who can actually have it delivered to your front door. Uh, so I go into the Macy's and I go into the shoe department and I asked the young lady, I said, excuse me, but uh, just doing a little research. And I, I wanted to know, in your opinion, uh, do you consider the, the sales that you're making for Nike and, and the purchases of the Nike uh, paraphernalia, you know, they make a lot of stuff outside of shoes. Would you say, since the pandemic has started, would you say that's up as opposed to what you normally see in a normal year, or is it down? Uh, the young lady interrupted me right then. She said, sir, uh, what I actually would say is if you did year over year, meaning from that day, whatever day that was, from that day in 2019 to that present day that we were talking in 2020, she said, I would figure, I would, and this is my guess, and you know, it's always great to rely on people like this because all my people from the block already know, you know, it, it, we don't want to get too specific, but when that guy's on the block making hand-to-hand -hand sales, he can tell the boss what's exactly what's yeah, going sorry. on. We're trying to speak in layman terms without going too in-depth, but he can tell his boss exactly what's going on because he's making hand-to-hand -hand right. sales. There's nothing falsified about that, uh, you know, and it's in his best interest because, you know, he's trying to make money. So this young lady says, I would say from this time last year in 2019 to this year in 2020 to this exact date, I would say they're up 200%. I said, wow. Taking this information, I thanked her first, you know, just being a gentleman, I thanked her first, went upstairs because Lennox has their own Nike store. So I go up there saying, and due to the pandemic, you know, they're only allowing five to 10 people or whatever the case may be per uh, to the store at one time because of the pandemic and social distancing. Uh, distance required, yes, right? So I'm looking at this thing, and Cedric, when I tell you these people are lined uh, up as if they were at Six Flags or Disney World, and they don't mind the wait. They're on their phones and they're playing Pokemon. They, they're doing yes. something, Instagram, or they, they're doing something to occupy their time because it doesn't uh, at all, you know, take away from the fact that they won't really honestly purchase whatever it is in this Nike store. And they don't sell anything but Nike, of course, because they're Nike. But it was just amazing to me that we were in a pandemic. You know, you hear the reports about people being evicted and people just trying to hold on for dear life. 
And that young lady, just going back to that conversation, she said, sir, these people are in here spending this coronavirus money like you would not believe. And to think that, you know, we're on the brink of a lot of people being evicted from their homes. And, and by the way, that's the reason why the REIT market is, is, is suffering right now. And that's just a fancy acronym for Real Estate Investment Trust. And so what that is, is you just have a, a makeup. It's, it's actually an ETF, an exchange traded fund. Okay. So these guys will get all of this money together. And you as a shareholder, you enter your money into the market, into that REIT. And these guys will buy up apartment complexes, outlets, shopping outlets, you know, uh, which, by the way, J.C. Penney's is on the uh, brink of uh, extinction itself. It filed for bankruptcy. Uh, interesting fact, did not get enough the point here, uh, said, but there has been so far four companies in the United States that's filed for bankruptcy that has over $60 billion in debt. Can you hmm. believe that? Incredible. $60 billion. $60 billion in so debt. Heavy ticket. But Nike ain't one of them. Nike's not one of them. Because the 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 the, the for the matter is these brick and mortars who had already prepared themselves and took precautionary measures is the name of this show this actual episode who took precautionary measures and they they you know some things is just really about right time and just having that vision and looking into the future and to be honest with you it looks genius from the outside but it's really not because when you look at the sales of e-commerce yes. companies like shopify yes. It's 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 mind blowing. You can't fathom how fast these companies are growing. Shopify just made an agreement with Walmart, and we all know if you got an agreement with Walmart, you can print money. Yes. Literally, Walmart is a giant now. It's been a giant in the past. It's going to continue to be a giant in the future. So Walmart itself. Let's get to Walmart on why they were set up so well to succeed. Uh, during the pandemic because we've seen a spike from Walmart as well. So what actually happened was Walmart, and I know the listeners have taken notice to this, Walmart is a brick and mortar. Okay, cool. You can go into Walmart, buy whatever you want. But Walmart also has available online curbside service where you can pull up, you know, you can order your things online and they bring it to your yes, car. Sir. They're already in position to be at a major advantage from their competitors. Because the competitors are in that dinosaur mind state, you know, and this is not, you know, disrespecting any company out there because we like a lot of companies, but they're in that dinosaur mind state and they can't fathom what's exactly going on with the e-commerce. So you have a spike in companies like Walmart and they're agreeing to other do business with other companies uh, such as uh, uh, Shopify. So they were already in position to handle this, whether they knew it or not. Here's another one said Domino's yeah. pizza. And I wouldn't suggest anybody out there listening to buy Domino's right now because they are extremely high. Uh, if you look at their PE ratio, uh, it's out of the roof. And the PE ratio is the price uh, to earn is ratio. And what a price to earn is ratio is actually is, is you take the, uh, the number of the gross product, the, the gross profit that you took in this year. And you use a measuring stick to kind of gauge that and what this company is going to do in the future. And that's referred to as a PE ratio. So you don't want to pay too much for that PE ratio because they can tell you that, okay, the PE ratio is uh, 70. Let's just say, throw a number out there, 70, yes. right? Okay, all that says is in the future, we, re we expect this company to grow by 70% of what it already is. Now, you know, that's almost impossible for a lot of companies that's yes, out sir. there. 
So what you have is a lot of companies right now in the market that is extremely overvalued. But because Domino's was one of the restaurant chains and a lot of guys suffered during uh, the beginning of the pandemic and they continue to suffer right now uh, due to social distancing laws and people not wanting to dine in. Uh, but you, you see that spike with Domino's because they're already ready. Why? Because Domino's don't have any tables in their restaurant. You simply call, they deliver it to your doorstep, or you come in, you call them ahead of time, and you pick up your pizza, or you walk in and you pick your pizza up, and there you go. There's no dine-in process to Domino's. So Domino's is already, you know, if you look over the course of the last five years, Domino's is already dominating that pizza market. But man, when this pandemic kicked off, you talk about a competitive advantage and what we refer to as a moat brand. And let me explain briefly. Let me just touch on that briefly before I hand it back to you, Seth. A moat brand is derived from the terminology of back in the days, you would have a king in his castle. You have that king in his castle, and the only thing that can prevent him and give him an advantage over people who, who look to infiltrate his castle is he builds this gigantic moat in front of his castle, and he mans that with security. So that gives him a, a, an advantage, and he can see the infiltrators coming a long way off. So he has to drop on them, so to speak, for all my guys in the streets. They, you know, they, they speak that terminology. So he has to drop on these guys. So we can, we can look at a moat brand as Domino's, or let me give you a better, a better example. Uh, Coca-Cola, for instance. Coca-Cola's CEO is not losing sleep over what Pepsi does. Trust me. Pepsi, ha uh, Coca-Cola has that, that worldwide, what we refer to as ubiquitous, which means it's everywhere. It has that worldwide brand. You see it at the Super Bowl. You see it at Wimbledon. It doesn't matter. You're going to see it everywhere. And for some reason, that, that, that stuff is addictive. I said, I'm drinking about uh, maybe on average, maybe like seven Cokes. And, you know, I'm on this health mission, you know, trying to get healthy, man. You know, I'm giving a little up there in age now. You know, so, uh, uh, you know, they'll tell you that in their, in their risk assessment, you know, because we actually read the annual reports. But they'll tell you in the risk assessment, you know, what's going to be a threat to them in the future. Now, even though that's a realistic threat. I just don't see a world that just wakes up one day and they don't want Coke anymore because they've been drinking it their whole lives and they identify, you know, when they drink it, it's a nostalgic feeling that they get. You know, they refer to Fourth of July's and cookouts that they, you know, have with your aunts and your uncles in the yard. And, you know, everybody got that one uncle that, you know, we ain't going to get in there, but everybody got that one uncle that's going to come through. You know, he mixing his with a little something yeah. else, you know, but he's still going to start it with the yeah. Coke. And it'd probably be a brown liquor that he's mixing it with or whatever the case may be. But when you reach into that cooler, you're going to see Coca-Cola. Uh, I don't ever remember in my childhood somebody ordering me, one of my elders in my family, ordering me to go to the store to go get Pepsi. Never say that. You know, that may differ from where you're from. You know, here in the South, we call it uh, pop. And people in the Midwest call it soda, whatever you want to call it, right? But I never can recall off the top of my head. Someone sending me to the store and say, hey, go get a Pepsi. Now. Because of that, you can already award what we call the Moat brand to Coca-Cola. So just touching on that, the Moat brand, that's a giant one here in the stock market. Back to you, Sid. Oh, uh, yeah. yes, sir. And uh, Domino's, I actually invested in Domino's. I made my little profit and sold uh, my stocks in Domino's. Uh, I looked into the REIT field. It just didn't look good. The projections didn't look good. I studied it for uh, two, three weeks. I said, nah, I think I don't want to touch that right now. And like we said, um, precautionary measures, now is not the time to be overly sexy or take it a super high risk in the market. So <laughs> for you beginners out there, um, 
y'all, you know, most people that's beginning in the market, they automatically looking for something sexy. Now it's not the time to be sexy in the market. And over the past couple of weeks, and I want to welcome everybody to Money Talks. This is Sagi and Dexter. We will be here every Sunday talking about investments. We're talking about the stock market. We're talking about making money on this page right here. So y'all all all about making money. Exactly. Exactly. The conversation is money. You want some? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) The the question is, do y'all want some? And it it takes a uh, the proper state of mind because what we've learned with dealing with the stock market, um, it's an industry. Money is an industry. And that's why you had to have, have to have the proper understanding of money. It's all about the money on this page right here. We're all about making money, making the proper investments and, and doing the proper homework. And, um, but over the past couple of weeks, um, it's been a shakeup in the market with the stock splits and, and Apple and Tesla has really dominated the news um, in the market. And we're going to take some phone calls from you guys in, in a few minutes. And, of course, people keep asking how you get started in investments and how you get started in the stock market. We'll cover that in a little bit. We'll take some calls or questions you guys may want to ask in a little bit. But the stock split um, has dominated the news. And I want to let everyone know that Tesla is not a car company. It's not a car organization. It's a tech company that just happened to make cars. And the stock split on real experts in in the industry, um, real major players in the industry, they really don't bother too much with stock splits because the overall value of the company doesn't change. All they do is is splitting up the, um, the stocks. Now, you can profit off of this, but your timing has to be right on top of things to actually profit off the stock splits. But real people that invest, real investors, they look for the overall value of the company. So they may not necessarily bother with stock splits. But just to break it down to everybody, everyone with stock splits here, they, they, what they do, they, um, they bring down the price of the actual share because some of these companies, their shares are actually just too expensive for people to buy. So you have a company like Tesla, they may have employees that may want- That stock is way too high. You need to cut it. That's <laughs> exactly. that price is way too high. You need to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> that stock is way too high. I got to come to work every day and I can't even afford to buy y'all stocks. Come on, you know. So it's, 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 it's making it affordable for smaller investors, especially the people that's working for these companies. So. All they do is bring down the actual value of the stock itself and split the um, the stock. So if I own five shares and they're giving me five stocks, so I'm getting 20, I will have 25 shares of, of that particular company. Um, but Tesla is one of those, those, those stocks. I, I, Dex, we talked about this. I really don't trust, trust the stock itself. In my opinion, I think Tesla is um, overvalued. I think it's, uh, it can get extremely volatile at times. Um, but by we did invest in it. We did um, invest in the stock split. We did profit off the stock split. Uh, I'm holding on that. Oh, yeah, we did. Yes, we did. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, shout out to all of my clients yes. at, at, at Spencer Enterprise and Investors. You know, you, you, they gave me calls early in the morning, man. I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. 
uh, where where are you, by the way? I, I said I'm at Navy Federal. <laughs> I'm at Navy yes, Federal. <laughs> I'm making my deposit because I told you guys uh, I, it was just really simple. Said uh, I went back and I did you know my research. I did thorough research because I don't want to mislead my clients. You know this thing is led by integrity. You know and you have to have integrity in this market. Uh, you have to have your client's best interests at hand and not yours. Uh, we are not Wall Street brokers. Wall Street brokers, if you've ever noticed, when that bell closes at 4 o'clock, they always celebrate and clap. And it doesn't matter if the market was up or the market was right. down. And there's a reason why they do that, because they made commission. So whether they showed you, sold you a, a company that has diluted shares or they know that shares, uh, that company is, is, is bound to tank and they don't believe in the management, it doesn't matter to them. They're not investing yeah. in it. They're advising you to buy it because they need commission. Uh, we're not Wall Street brokers. You know, this is for the people, and uh, we're trying to empower them with facts and not speculation. And we're very careful to do that. And because we're very careful to do that, it may, you know, put some people at, well, well you guys are day traders. No, we're not. And I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of people get overexcited when they go day trading. They are strictly looking at the performance of that right. stock. They haven't looked at anything else about that company besides the fact that it's up for yes, them. And that's all they pretty much know. Uh, let me tell you, if you're going to take that mentality towards this, you have no business buying stock. Trust me, for every $2 that you make, you're probably going to lose 100 yes. behind that because what you're doing is participating in speculation. And you're not doing your research. You're not looking at the management. You're not looking at the risk assessments. You're not using filters to, look, to properly analyze that company. So this is not day trading. This is not Forex. Again, no disrespect to anybody that's participating in it. But this ain't it. This ain't Long it. Term. Jesus would say, this ain't Long it. Long term. If you want to um, come get the, the advice from us or join our classes, just let you know off the top, we talking long term. And that's the mentality that we have to change as investors. Uh, it, it, with Dexter and myself, we was always taught to, to go get the bag. But we wasn't taught what to do when we, when we got the bag, you know. And that's sort of short-term thinking, and we need we we straight long-term over here. And uh, like we said before, we got websites coming. Everything is coming where you guys can subscribe and come join the loop with us. And make sure you guys subscribe to this page. Uh, push the like button. Uh, you can share this page. And I want to give out my Twitter too while I'm live. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Mister Nine One One. That's M I S T A Nine One One. And we are careful with um, putting our information out there. So, and then we want, when we do speak, we want to talk facts. Uh, but, t um, Tesla, what's your opinion actually on Tesla, Dexter? Uh, Tesla, I think, don't get me wrong, I, I know this is a great company. Yes. True everybody enough, loves right? Elon Musk. But Warren, everybody loves Elon Musk. But I have my reservations about Elon Musk. He said, don't, you know, you might want to hold on okay. right there. Uh, even though I do love Tesla as a company, uh, I firmly believe, you know, I got these, I got companies that I'm, I'm, I'm running and I look at it like this. If I'm too busy all the time being on social media and I'm naming my kid, these wild things and doing it just for the shock factor, who's actually running my company. If I'm always talking to the media, exactly. I have a firm belief that CEOs should be just what that entire, you are the chief executive officer, yeah. which means you are the delegator. But you, you, you micromanage your company as it should be. Uh, and if you, you know, you're doing this and he has other companies that he's, he's invested in or he has, you know, interest in. And I just look at that like, ah, 
you know, I really like it as a company, but the leadership, ah, Elon is a genius. Don't get me yeah. wrong, people. Please don't get me wrong. This guy's a certified yeah. genius. He is. And he's a visionary. He kind of reminds me of Steve Jobs, yeah. only he talks entirely way too much. Steve Jobs didn't do this much right. talking. Uh, also, uh, the guy that replaced Steve Jobs, Tim Cook, over at yeah. Apple. Excellent right. guy. The majority of people in the world have no idea who Tim Cook is. Why? Tim Cook is too busy running exactly. Apple. He's worried about what Apple is doing, uh, future investments, you know, uh, opportunities, uh, you know, what it's doing, and you know, if they have any kind of electronic issues with their products, or you know, doing the research and development, and making sure this company goes where it needs to go. And by the way, guys, Apple is officially a two trillion dollar company. Said that's never happened, never happened. ever. First time. This, and I want, I want everybody to keep in mind. This is a baby company. This is a baby company. When we when we consider uh, companies like Stanley Black and Decker, and, and I think they're excellent stock, but these guys are you know they're not Apple. Uh, they've been around, and these guys are paid a healthy dividend since 1867. Now, let's get into the, the dividend payment on 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 that. Okay, and as comparison to Tesla, Tesla is not a dividend. Yeah, it's payer. got a lot of stuff uh, you as, can make money yeah. off on Tesla too. Eventually, yeah. in the future, they might get around to it. Exactly, exactly. But with Stanley Black and Decker, these guys have paid a dividend since 1867. So all my guys out there again that get their money from the mud, as we say in hip hop, that get their money from the mud. Imagine this: you you make a loan to someone, okay? You make that loan to them in 1867, and you say, okay, cool. I need this much as a return, okay? That guy brings that back to you, okay? Let's say you loaned him, I don't know, uh, 40000 go buy a car. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to come into some money or whatever we, you know, whatever his scenario is. And you say, okay, well, you got, you know, you can pay me back in installments. You can pay me four payments a year, which is what a dividend payment is. It pays you a dividend every four quarters of the fiscal year, Okay. And Stanley Black and Decker has been able to consistently pay that dividend four times a year since 1867. Incredible. That's pretty reliable. Yes, what do you say? Yes, it is. That's incredible. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, but Tesla, Tesla is not only a not a dividend payer, but this is what is referred to as a tech company. Yes. And tech companies are, you know, you got a very uh, elite few like Apple that actually pays a dividend. Yes. Okay, so with that, that, that being said, uh, Tesla for the future, I absolutely love this. Currently, and when you factor in what's going on with the market and, and, and the fact that we stand a strong chance of, of this election being delayed and uh, we don't, again, we don't want to speculate right now, but that, that looks like an inside job too. Uh, I want to point out an interesting fact while, I, while I'm on that. Said, do you know the last time that we've had a mail-in election was 1864. Really? That's 148 years ago. Yes, that is 148 years ago, and that is the showdown between uh, then Republican Abraham Lincoln and the Democrat George McClellan. Uh, they were they were they were in a but 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 Cedric, guess what's going on in the world in 1864? It's justifiable, and the reason why it's justifiable is you have something called a civil war yes, going sir. on. So guess that. what? People literally can't go outside their homes right now because they're afraid to be shot or they're bombing. You got to remember, this isn't uh, a war that's taking place on foreign land. 
This is right here in good old America. So going outside your house ain't exactly the safest thing that you can do right now. You know, it, it, they're, they're having a, a Wild West shootout of all Wild West shootouts, and it's taking uh, place right in front of these people's front door. So it's, it's a threat to their lives to literally go and do uh, a vote, a traditional vote. Now, we are standing in right now, present day, where, you know, it's kind of risky to go outside right now, and the numbers are still, you know, kind of increasing, unfortunately. But, you know, we are still able to send kids to school. You know, we're still able to go grocery shop. Uh, we're still able to uh, attend certain social functions as long as we respect the social distancing guidelines that, uh, again, the aforementioned uh, Dr. Fossey has set aside and other uh, guys in his medical field who have spent the vast majority of their lives researching uh, medicine. So we trust their opinion. But if we're able to do, you know, still be able to perform these everyday life functions, don't you think we ought to be able to go to the polls some kind of way, some way, you know, some way we should still be able to go to the polls again here's that nipsey quote again you know uh, it's an inside job it looks fishy <laughs> oh yeah i mean um you know trump and 1864 go yeah that trump Man, and, uh, go ahead. you know they do they slick stuff to try to steal this election so we all will be keeping our eyes on that and to follow up on the dow jones information the nasdaq and so far this year has outperformed S&P 500. But the Russell 2000, they're, they're actually in the red right now at 4.98%. That's not good. And the number one sector for the year so far is tech. So they've been ruling everything. But over the past week, uh, the entire, every sector has been down. Everybody's in, in the red. So um, like I said, I sat back and smiled, you know, but uh, we we take people phone call. You guys want to call in right about now? We um got about fifteen minutes left. Hey, Sergio, can I go ahead? We got about fifteen minutes. Left. Real real briefly, let me let me touch on one more precautionary measure. And I want to throw out that yes, back, uh, to the to the people out there. Uh, Jerome Powell is the Federal Reserve President, and I always get a kick out of that, Sergio, because he, I mean, let's just be honest. This guy's name is Jerome. I, I just think of the character from Martin. You know? Yes. Caucasian brother. He's a good brother. But <laughs> his name is Jerome. I get a kick out of that every time he gets up there. Like, Here comes Jerome. Yes, <laughs> but uh, he's very adamant about keeping these interest rates at zero. Yes. And he wants to do that. And he won't even entertain the idea of raising the interest rates until 2022. Yeah. And this guy has been in direct conflict. He's been bashed by our current sitting president that's in office right now. And if you go back and you check the history, I don't know. Didn't Twitter make uh, Trump delete his Twitter just a couple of weeks yeah. ago? Or they, they, they put him on. I think they put him on timeout. Right. They, they sent him to the corner for a minute. You, you're doing way too much. Why don't, why don't you take a seat over there in that chair over there, Mr. President? Mr. See, now you run the United States, but, you know, I run Twitter. And I say what I say goes. So, Mr. President, just have a seat. Yes, so, uh, this guy, if you go back, if we could, in fact, go back, what you would find is a tweet uh, from President uh, Trump saying that he was seriously considering firing Jerome Powell, really? who, by the way, I, I won't say that this guy's a superhero, but let's just be honest. Right now, he has the toughest job known to man. And he's done. Uh, I wouldn't say an exceptional job, but he's been able to maintain by stimulating the economy, uh, the economy and making all the right choices as far as the feds and what they're doing with their money and how they're investing. it. So uh, I just want to point out that fact that 
you know, even though Mr. Trump is encouraging our kids to go back to school right now and they're immune to, you know, coronavirus, which is just absurd when you think about it. But uh, I want to give my hats off to Jerome Powell for just being a man of integrity. So I won't go too far with giving him credit, but just being a man of integrity and recognizing the signs of times. And right now is not the time to be raising the interest rates because in a sense, you're raising the cost of living. How can we afford a spike in the cost of living during a pandemic? Have you looked at the unemployment numbers recently? They are at historical highs. So the fact that this current sitting president is actually entertaining the idea and putting pressure on Jerome Powell to raise the interest rates is absolutely absurd. I, I, I don't know what else even to say about it. Like it's insane. It, it, it's, yeah, it's insane. it's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's insane. Um, like I said, we'll be here every Sunday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Standing Time, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Standing Time, 3 o'clock Pacific Time, and 4 o'clock Mountain Time. And people keep asking how you actually get started in investing. Just open your an account. Um, you have the choice. Um, like I said, if you want to join the loop with us, it's a process you have to go through. Or just go simply um, start your account. Now, crunching the numbers and looking at all the information to a company, you are thoroughly responsible for all of that. But we do, we will be offering services where we will be keeping eyes on those type things for our clients. We have clients already that calls us and, and get advice and things like that. And one other thing we wanted to touch on, um, and, and, and as a matter of fact, Dexter, we got a couple of companies that we got our eyes on that's in the IPO stage right now. Uh, elaborate a little bit on about IPO, because um, that's a major factor in the wanna... market. Man, you sure know what to say. I can say this. You sure know what to say. So, so let's break down the acronym of IPO. That is an initial public offer. So what you have is new shares of a company that was once private being offered to the public. You can buy in, which is also a great time depending on the stock. Right. Uh, some IPOs have been known to be tremendously overvalued. And, and you look at the course of five years after it, it, it was introduced to the market and it failed like it tanked. And that's for the majority of companies, you know, and business in general, you know, there's going to be a lot of companies, unfortunately, they're just not going to survive, even though they may be great. Uh, you know, the dynamics of the business may be awesome, but for whatever reason, whether they got a, a you know, bad leadership or whatever the case may be, you know, or the natural uh, course of things bring about the vicissitudes that we're, we're going through right now. Again, vicissitude is just a fancy way of saying, you know, a problem that we're all forced to bear. Uh, so I want to highlight one in specific uh, that everybody is familiar with that's still a private, uh, privately traded company right now, a privately owned, I should say, company right now, and that's Airbnb. Everybody is familiar with Airbnb. They're utilizing Airbnb, even though we've seen, you know, them fall as well because, you know, the pandemic and people not traveling. They've suffered a little bit. But coming into 2020, these guys were the headline. They were the big guys. Everybody was looking forward to them coming out of the private sector and being offered to the market, okay? But what Airbnb chose to do instead, because we found ourselves in the middle of this pandemic, they chose to do what they call a direct listing. And the direct listing, all that saying said, that's, that's another term that might throw people for a curve, but it's really not anything complex. 
What that says is all of the initial investors, when Airbnb is private, uh, all of those investors will make a certain amount of their shares available to the market. They will dictate the price of what they want for that. Okay? But the traditional IPO, those are new shares being created. So the old guys aren't selling their shares. They're literally new shares being created. This is what you have to be careful about. Airbnb is actually kind of a safer one, you know, because of the direct listing. And we already understand the dynamics of Airbnb. You know, it's a great company. Uh, it has a, a great potential to possibly be a moat brand. Uh, and I want to, I want to, I want to put emphasis on potential uh, because we we don't know what's on the flip side of this uh, pandemic right now in the immediate future until we have that vaccine. Uh, but that was a much anticipated IPO of this year. Uh, so uh, again, initial public offerings. This is a great opportunity to buy low. Again, you want to buy low and sell high. So IPOs is a great way to invest, but because a lot of those new shares, and remember, they, they're not doing a direct list, and this is new shares that's being created. They have a tendency to be diluted. Uh, that's a term that we use here in the stock market, and you guys can Google that. I'm, I'm not even going to go into that. So you know what? We're going to let the people uh, do their research, do a little homework for the week. That's you, you guys' homework for the week. Find out what a diluted share is. Uh, I, I would encourage you to, because this is where you can lose your shirt. Uh, and 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 and. You know, not to tell, uh, touch too much on it because we actually want them to do uh, their homework for this week. But, you know, that's a major risk. And that's the reason why, you know, a lot of guys like Buffett, you know, who I mentioned as a mentor for the both of us. That's the reason why he stays away from IPOs because to him, there's just not enough financial history there for him to kind of gauge what he's going to get on his return on investment. So he stays away altogether and, you know, kind of lets the company go from being a baby to at least a teenager. You know what he did with, with with Apple, because for years, you know, his advisors, you know, he has a young guy that's under him named Todd. You know, for years, Warren was was ah oh, man, I don't want to invest in you know technology. I don't understand it. I can't put a, a, a valuation on it. So I couldn't honestly tell you if they were overvalued or undervalued. So since I can't tell you that, I won't invest at all. Right. Uh, but fortunately for Warren, you know, he has these young guns in the building now, and they were able to convince him. Uh, to buy into Apple, and, and the result of that, uh, a result of that was they were able to turn over a lot of money over because of Apple. Yeah. And now it makes up the number one stock in the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio. That's amazing when you think about. He never wanted to invest in it from the start, and we're talking about the most successful investor in American history here. When we speak, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I think that's interesting with itself, brother. But that that kind of puts the IPOs uh, scenario into perspective. Yes, yes. We have uh, a couple of companies we've uh, got our eyes on as an IPO stage right now. And it's insane because uh, Warren Buffett just uh, did a major investment over there in Japan. I mean, he shook the, the whole entire I economy up all, over there. Man, you <laughs> he know, woke he never up. does that, man. <laughs> that surprised me, man. When I got my, my Wall Street Journal update, yeah. man. That surprised me. I'm like, he did what? <laughs> That definitely raised some eyebrows. It did. It did. He woke him up with that one. Uh, well, thank Mr. B. Great for joining us, um, Brian, for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe to that page. Um, push the like button. You guys can actually share this page. And we will have more information coming up. Um, some of you guys who are listening already know us personally. Uh, you can call us on our phones. Uh, we'll give out e emails. And right now, just follow us on Twitter. 
Uh, Dexter, go ahead and give out your Twitter. Okay, because again, I derive, I come from that hip hop field. You know, I can't shake that that moniker that I have. So you can reach me on Twitter, D A R E A L D E C K S, and that's the real Dex. Again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that one more time, D A R E A L D E C K S at the real Dex. And again, I'm the proud owner at Spencer Enterprises Investor Group, and we, that's an acronym S E I G. Uh, and that's pronounced siege because that's what we're trying to do with this market. We're trying to siege the market. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As a people. Yes, sir. As a people. As a people. Power to the people. We all about getting this money. That's what this page is about. It's all about getting to the money. Uh, we got several investment, other investment things going on. And like I said, uh, we want to get you guys where you can get to getting the information that me and Dex discuss. Because of my phone ring, it's all about making a dollar. It's all about uh, making that extra dollar, but it's all about us empowering each other, and we want to empower you guys. We do have classes coming up. We have websites coming up. We have um, things where you can subscribe to what we got going on. And again, this is Said G of Said G Equity Investments, a richer journey that leads to success. And you got any last words for the uh, the people, Dex? Let's just do it together, people. Let's just do it together as a community. You know, uh, you know, we, we have these preconceived notions of us that we're very ignorant towards certain things in life. And I just want the reality of, you know, people, you know, outside of us to be able to look at us and, and kind of make that day Chappelle that they shouldn't have never gave them money. <laughs> they shouldn't have never gave them money. Who did this? <laughs> Who gave them this advice? They shouldn't have never gave them money. We found but land. That's what we're trying to do as a people out here. Yes. We found land. Yes. We found land and we're just trying to empower the people. Yes. Uh, and this is much needed because there's more disenfranchised and poor people in the world than there are the 1%. Obviously, that's why they refer to as the 1%. So let's just do this as the people as a people. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, we also have a said G podcast show where I give out a stock analysis every Sunday and uh, I kind of analyze the stock and I give out a stock tip as well on that. So I just want to advise the people, hey, man, just keep tuning in, increase your knowledge and get in contact with us, man. We'd like to either give you classes or, you know, we also offer, uh, you know, uh, services where we can actually design your portfolio for you. Yes, and we, we try to make that as affordable as possible because we're, we, we one, want to keep us perspective that we are in a pandemic uh so you know money can get tight at certain times so we can't offer you know payment plans or, or whatever it is you need to do but you need to seize this opportunity as my company acronym uh states yes sir. so uh again at the real decks on twitter uh this is my guy cedric and uh we appreciate you guys once again for tuning in this week and we look forward to offering you a bigger and brighter show every time we do this episode Definitely. And we want to start a little last little movement before we actually get off the air. Uh, you guys do us a favor and go to your social media page and share this page. And we want to start a hashtag. Hashtag we found land. Everybody go to your soul social media page and hashtag we found land. I want to thank y'all for joining us. We'll see. We found land. Yeah, we got it, baby. We got it. So we'll see you guys next <laughs> we week. <found> land. <laughs> All right, people.